Hey guys, and welcome back to the Talking Fit Podcast with Ty and Adam. We're happy to have you back. Had us a little week off last week. We didn't get to connect, but we're here to bring you something special today, all right? We're going to talk about the differences, all right, the contrast, uh, the benefits of both cardio and strength or resistance training, uh, which one we feel is the best, and uh, go into a little more in depth for you guys, all right? Yeah, this is definitely a topic that uh, gets talked about a lot, probably, you know, with Tyler and his clients, myself and my clients, and just in general, I think, uh, in terms of overall health, and uh, specifically, like, weight loss, what is more more beneficial, uh, cardio or weight training? Uh, You see a lot of stuff on, like, Instagram, or, you know, maybe, like, blog posts, things like that, social media posts, where people will say that, you know, strength training is better than cardio, or more beneficial than just cardio for weight loss, but there's really not a lot of detail as to why, or how to like apply it um, to your life to make sure that you're you know applying strength training correctly. And uh, I think there's also a lot of misunderstandings about what actual strength training is. Uh, so let's just start off about like you know Ty, how much cardio do you do? Like <laughs> in general, if you had to like put a, a vague number on it, how much cardio do you do uh, weekly? All right, so I would say um, it, it, it varies week to week. As of right now, I'm actually just uh, involved in a few uh, different basketball leagues. Uh, so you normally have two games a week. Uh, so as far as cardio goes, besides that, I probably the only other form of cardio that I really engage in uh, much would be, of course, I do some you know sprints on like the echo bike, uh, the rope bike. It's a great tool uh, for taxing uh, your cardio and working on your aerobic levels. That being said, uh, more so than not, I normally just make sure that I go on my uh, walk every day. Normally try to make it about an hour, um, you know, just steady state cardio. But to be honest, that's not much for training reason. Is it for long-term uh, heart health over time? Sure, 100%. But more so for me, it's about mental health, uh, mental clarity, de-stressing, you know, things of that nature. What about yeah, you? so uh, for me, I don't do a ton of cardio, uh, regardless if my goal is uh, put it, trying to get stronger or trying to lose body fat. Yeah, uh, yeah. Cardio just definitely isn't like a... a the main piece of my you know workout routine, my my main kind of bread and butter, the the main course of my uh, workout routine is always based around strength training. Whether that's four days a week or five days a week, uh, strength training is going to take up the majority of my time when it comes to uh, working out. And now that's not to say that cardio is bad for you, but I think it's it's very misunderstood as to exactly like what cardiovascular training is. Like what what is it realistically? Most people just think it's uh, it's running distance or going on the elliptical. Uh, you might put someone through, uh, let's say, a conditioning circuit where they're doing, let's say, deadlifts, um, rows, push-ups, and maybe like let's say a sled push. And some people don't associate that and understand that that in itself is cardio, but you're also strength training. So cardio really just means getting your heart rate elevated. And by that definition, pretty much any form of exercise you do is a form of cardio. Uh, Even if you're just doing straight sets, even if you're doing like three sets of eight uh, with, you know, dumbbell chest press, if you're taking relatively short breaks in between sets and your heart rate is elevated, you are still working your heart, you are still getting a cardio response from your body. Uh, so the, the, my point with that is basically saying that it doesn't have to be so binary, so black and white as uh, one type of training is cardio, uh, meaning like elliptical, treadmill, outdoor running, or versus strength training, which most people will define as like just going onto a chest press machine, machine doing three sets of 10, looking at Instagram in between uh, you know, sets. There's a such, there's such a wide range of like gray area in between. Um, but if we want to just break it down and broad stroke it, 
uh, if you're talking overall benefits for heart health, joint health, uh, feeling good, looking better, and dropping body fat, gun to our head, or my, to my head, I won't speak for Tyler, uh, <laughs> is, is going to be strength training overall is going to be better. I agree. <laughs> it's going to be better and more beneficial than cardio alone. And the reason why I have to say alone is because it's not saying that cardio is bad, but if you are just doing cardio, you are leaving a lot of results on the table, like I said, from all health perspectives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would say I, I totally agree. I think um, I just wanted to, to clarify, especially with my own uh, personal reasons that like, I still do engage in cardio for more longer term effects. I think being honestly a bigger individual, I wanna make sure my heart is healthier for a long time. And uh, I feel better when yeah. I move more. And that's where I think we're more so just, just the walking. I said, I'm not you know, going sprinting or you know, doing things that are unneeded or gonna cause damage you know, to my joints in general. I do it more so from again to de-stress and for the, the mental clarity. But yeah, I mean, if we're talking strictly for, um, like you said, joint health, yeah. uh, heart health, or heart health, overall health and wellness, just in general, resistance training all the way, hundred percent. Oh yeah, and that's not uh, that's not, but again, so it's very specific to the person. So if I want, if I was playing, you know, competitive basketball, I would need to do more cardio because that's going to be functional for my sport or my hobby or if it's your career choice. So. There are reasons that you should do cardio, yep. meaning if you're a basketball player and you have to run up and down the court for an hour, <laughs> yeah. you should probably do some cardio on your off days to yep. get your endurance up. Yep. So again, cardio is not bad, but if we're talking your average person yep. who's not playing competitive sports, who wants to look better, feel better, we're kind of going more into the everyday person who walks into a gym and who's afraid or intimidated by picking up some weights so what they do is they end up just going on the elliptical or just mm-hmm. going on the treadmill mm-hmm. uh, or just going for a run outside, which again is better than nothing, but then they get frustrated as to why they're not seeing results. Uh, another uh, example is the person who wants to lose, let's say 50 pounds, and they say, I'm gonna do cardio first to lose the weight, mm-hmm. but and then I'll get into strength training. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you've run into that too where I've, I've, ta- I've had conversations with people where they say they're interested in losing weight. Uh, but their their mindset is, I'm going to go to the gym, I'm going to go on the treadmill, the elliptical, that's going to be how I'm going to lose the weight and then I'll get into strength training to quote unquote tone. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just a complete misunderstanding of how the process works. So if we're going to go uh, into how fat loss works, I'm sure you guys have heard me and Tyler talk about this before, or maybe you've read a hundred Instagram posts about it. Um, if you wanna lose weight, you gotta be in a calorie deficit, which means you gotta burn more calories than you eat. So why, um, from that perspective, starting there, if that's gonna be bullet point number one, from a calories in versus calories out perspective, why is strength training more beneficial than cardio? So um, I know for me, from my point of view, um, if you're strength training, you, we were just talking about this before we started recording, you have way more variables to mess around with or to yep. use, way more tools to use to increase calorie output throughout a workout. Yep. So if you're on an elliptical or you're going for a run, you can really only increase the calorie burning in that uh, during that phase by either going faster or going longer. Those are really your only two options. So if you're going on the elliptical for 30 minutes and you only have 30 minutes, you either have to do 30 minutes harder than you did last week or the last time you did it, or you're just doing the same thing over and over and you're not gonna see results. Whereas with strength training, in that same 30 minutes, 
you have endless opportunities to change up rest periods, the amount of weight you're lifting, the amount of reps you're doing, uh, how slow you're doing the reps, how fast you're doing the reps, uh, you know, are you doing supersets, are you doing circuits, are you trying to hit a PR? There are all these other variables that you can play with to get more and more and more out of the same amount of time week to week to week. Mm-hmm. 100%, you heard the man. <laughs> no, honestly, I, I just, I honestly, no, I feel like you, you hit a nail on the head, I think. Just even 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 the number that you touched on in terms of variances, I think there's so many more changes. Oh yeah, that was type, like five out of five. Right, I'm <laughs> saying like types of movements. You know, focusing uh, majority wise, if you're focusing most of your training on more compound movements uh, rather than um, you know strictly like isometric movements, like just that, simply just doing that, yeah. you would receive much more of an output and much more of a uh, a reward rather than just hopping like you said on the elliptical machine on a bike doing something like that. I think a lot of it tends to come from again like you said is is the fear of using weights and the the fear of i i've found from training people from a long period of time that majority speaking people tend to shy away from the things that are harder to perform Dude, that's that's 100 percent true you know what yes, i'm saying yes, yes. and it's again for the same reasons of which why i just said i choose to do um, low steady state cardio, which is walking most days, is because it's easy on my joints. It doesn't hurt. It's it allows me to, um, you know, of course, yeah, increase uh, caloric burn over time. But I just I don't use it for I don't use it for like those reasons though. You know what I'm saying? I, I use it just specifically for more of the mental reasons. I think it just goes to show that um, you know sticking more to strength training for the opposite reasons. There's just so much more that we can get. We can squeeze so much more juice out of the same. The same lime, same lemon. Yeah, the same amount of time. But that's a good point you brought up that I do want to touch on too is that I think a lot of people just don't want to admit that the reason why they go towards cardio versus uh, weight training is because um, in general – you're, it's easier to control as far as uh, you know how difficult it's going to be. So, mm-hmm. for example, if you're someone who you know can't run three miles, you can do like a speed walk for three miles, and at the end of the three miles, you're gonna feel good. But again, you're not gonna have expended enough energy to really cause your body to adapt, yep. which is the point of exercise. I think exercise is kind of being bastardized to the point where it's just become uh, a, a system to burn calories or to get your heart rate up. But the purpose of exercise is to cause your body to adapt. So if you're just walking or running or going on elliptical, there's only so much adaptation that your body can have because what your body is really, you're, basically what you're telling your body to do by constantly just doing cardio over cardio over cardio is you're basically just telling your body, I just need you to make it through this you know, run or this jog or this elliptical session. So what your body does is it basically becomes more efficient at burning calories. And I know that sounds good, um, but basically it becomes like a Toyota Prius uh, in the sense of it burns fuel very, very slowly so that you can stretch that fuel for a a longer period of time. Now, again, I know that sounds good when when you're talking about fuel efficiency for a car, but for your body, you don't want that if your goal is fat loss. You want your body to be burning up calories all day long to fuel uh, muscle, you know, fuel and support lean muscle gain or just at least keep the lean muscle that you have. So when you're going on a 30 minute run, basically what you're doing is you're telling your body, let's not burn a ton of calories during this run because we need them because we don't know if next time we're gonna be able to go longer. Whereas when you're weight training, if every week you're actually strength training, whereas you're making the, uh, you're lifting a little bit more weight week to week, you're getting better at the movements, you're breaking down muscle tissue, what your body is learning to do is 
use the calories you put in it and the protein you eat to support that lean muscle and to support that stress so that you can get better and better at it. And what you end up doing over the course of time, months, years, is your body becomes way more, um, you know, uh, I guess, not, not efficient at burning calories, way more, uh, burns calories at a higher rate basically higher, yeah. throughout the day. So your body it goes from being like a, uh, a lit match to a furnace, uh, whereas uh, you know it's going to basically be taking those calories in all day long, using them for lean muscle support. The more let me lean, the more lean muscle you have, the more calories you burn at rest. So again, now we're burning more calories throughout the day. What does that mean? It means we can sustain that weight loss longer. I know I just talked a lot. <laughs> Great explanation, though. No, that was that was awesome. I think. Uh, the key thing that stuck out to me in what you said, and I love that you said it, is adaptation. Yeah. Uh, they're just realizing the amount of adaptation that it takes for your body to get accustomed to, again, resistant training and the progressions that you can make over time comparatively to just, you know, more steady state yeah. cardio. Like, there's, uh, there, I feel like there's there's so much more you can learn. Like, yeah. obviously, there's different movements and stuff, but you, you learn, I feel personally, I've learned so much more about my body from strength training and figuring out what ranges of motions I can control my body in yeah. and then building strength in those ranges of motion, which comes from, you know, mobility as well. But, um, you know, again, you proceed it with mobility is just strength through space. So, well, yeah, 100%. You know, same and difference. I think that a lot of people will kind of counteract that argument with uh, an example of someone they know who maybe just runs and is really thin. Uh, again, because most people, all they're focused on is losing weight and being thin. And they're not thinking about all the other benefits uh, that come from exercise, all the other health reasons you should work out. So just because somebody is thin and they happen to run a lot doesn't necessarily mean that that is the best overall avenue that you should take for working out. So let's say you know someone who's 45 years old and they're a marathon runner. They run you know x amount of miles every day. They're in great they're in great physical condition, meaning they you know they're thin, they're they're lean. Um, that doesn't that that doesn't necessarily mean that just because it works for that person, it's going to work for you. And it also, from my experience, doesn't necessarily mean that they're healthy. They're thin, but I've worked with a lot of runners who don't have great mobility, have a ton of nagging injuries. And again, if how long are you going to be able to sustain that? Again, forget about the outliers, the eighty-year-old grandma that you know who still runs 10 miles a day talking about the average person if you're in your 40s 30s 40s 50s and you're trying to lose 20 30 40 60 pounds just buying a pair of running shoes and going out jogging the next day might not be the best avenue for you to go because again you only have one linear path to progress which is i can't run three miles now and eventually i'll be able to but say that three miles takes you you know 55 minutes to run now you either just have to run that three miles in less time or every time you go out you have to try and run three and a half miles four miles four and a half miles and now it's just before you know it, you're running for two hours a day and then it becomes how sustainable is that on your joints and also from a time you know most people with some number one excuse people give as to why they can't work out i don't have the time so if you know your your runs are going to take two three hours or two hours you have, you're more likely to come up with an excuse not to do it. Whereas if I can get you an awesome workout in 40 minutes, you're, you're running out of excuses, really. We're kind of we're handcuffing the excuses and giving you less reasons to not do it. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think um, in, in some instances, I've even used, uh, because I proceed by saying that, I, I think that strength training and resistance training is number one if you had to pick between the two. So I've actually used like clients that I know that are, 
more susceptible to not really wanting to strength training. They're you know scared of it. They haven't done it before, or they've heard things, or whatever notions they may have. I will I will use more so um, just cardio as just like uh, again just like a preception, like a step to get them just moving more. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because I think it's great in that sense to just get people actually just moving their body and the fact that it is you know quote unquote well no it is easier than strength training in general i think it's a good first step for people but as far as the long term i still believe that again like that strength training is the best for all of the other reasons i think even think about it more conceptually from a standpoint like think when you're running you are in the same motor patterns Dude, yeah, you're, you're, on, you're, you're on the same way that i was literally just thinking that we used to yeah. think about mobility i was like oh i want to touch that later i was like yeah. when you run or jog an elliptical yep. it's the same movement over and over no and over again run. you're not getting any more mobile mm-hmm. you know you're, you're not you're doing not doing really anything to prevent injury most people think they're going to injure lifting weights yeah. but they have no qualms about being dehydrated and deconditioned and you know, tight, you know, tight hips, tight lower back, mm-hmm. and then just popping on some running shoes and going running three miles with no warm up, mm-hmm. right? People yeah. don't people don't think twice about doing that. How many people do you know that sign up for like a five k <laughs> who have never who haven't run in ten yeah. years and they're just like, I'm just gonna start running now to prepare for the five k. And then you ask them, how often are you stretching? How often are you doing this or this? Mm-hmm. It's just no, I just I just run. Uh, every day like that's what i do and it's like again is it better than nothing 100 of course but is it going what we're talking about is from a more bang for your buck overall health and weight loss perspective is it more beneficial than strength training on the whole like you know not just our opinion studies have shown this over and over it's just it's just not as effective as strength training is yeah i know there's even been um i was just uh researching a a few articles uh, actually this week and there's like more recent studies that go to show that strength training not until even like more recent it's like the past like maybe like 60 70 years that there wasn't it was always shown that like for even like heart health just in general that it's more so uh supposed to be more beneficial to do cardio right like you would think that cardio yeah it's in the name it's in the name yeah yeah like it's meant for like that's what you should be doing there's been studies to show that strength training is actually showing to have uh greater results just health wise in general like oh yeah 100 percent, which is that's phenomenal yeah yeah well think about think about when you're strength training uh you know if you're doing something like and again guys we're talking about the average person so i'm not talking about like someone who's deadlifting 600 pounds or three times their body weight i'm saying if you're the average person you're deadlifting uh, a moderate to heavy weight uh something that is maybe i don't know let's say 80% 80% of your body weight or something like that, or maybe 100% of your body weight. So that's, that, that means if you're a 150 pound person, you're deadlifting 150 pounds. If you push that set uh, to the point where you're hitting muscular fatigue, your heart rate is really elevated. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that could be, you know, keeping perfect tight form and doing, you know, a, a set where you're pushing the muscle where, to the point where you maybe could have got one or two more reps, and you, and, but you stop it there. You're going to notice, and I actually had this conversation with a client, you know, recently, as recently as this week, where she was saying for the 20 or 15 years that she worked out prior to training with me, not Mm -hmm. to, not that this has anything to do with me. It's just the, you know, this is what Tyler does with his clients as well. It's just, she's never had to take breaks when she was doing strength training. Like she never thought that, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Cause she, she would choose a weight that she knew she could do. She would do her 10 to 12 reps, not barely make it burn, stop the set, 
and then never feel like she needed a rest because she was never pushing the muscle to fatigue. Mm -hmm. She was always scared of pushing to the point where, uh, you know, you know, when you're like, let's say you're doing a dumbbell press and that your arm starts to get a little shaky. She never pushed it to that point. Um, so then the first time we did it, she was like, Oh my God, I've never, I've literally been working out for 15 years. I've never felt that before mm -hmm. when lifting weight. I've literally lifted the same weight for 15 years. Wow. I, you know, I, I never have increased weight, not understanding why I'm not seeing the results I want to see and just thinking, and her thought process was, well, I'm probably just not doing enough cardio. But again, it's not, it's not that you're not doing enough cardio. It's because you weren't doing strength training the correct way. Yeah. And I had this conversation with someone in my challenge in January too, where she felt like, okay, strength training is something that you kind of just have to do because people say it's good for you, mm -hmm. but cardio is the actual workout. So she would get yeah. done strength training and go, okay, well now I should go work out. Mm -hmm. So she would almost, she, and I would, uh, so breaking it down and seeing what she was doing, she was basically just grabbing like eight pound dumbbells. It would say three sets of 10 shoulder press. She would do her 10 reps, again, not feeling anything, just moving through the range of motion. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, put the weights down, I guess wait 15 seconds and then do it again. So her whole workout was taking like 15 minutes and then she'd go, okay, I guess I'll go work out for, for real now. Yeah, and then she yeah, would do yeah. like the, you know, running or the elliptical or something. And she saw that as an actual workout strictly because she was sweating and she wasn't sweating during uh, strength training. Whereas if you're doing strength training correctly, meaning pushing the muscle to fatigue, using exercises with the intention of lifting more weight and getting better at form every single week and taking relatively short rest periods, you know, anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds, depending on how heavy you're going. If you're doing that correctly, you're going to need breaks. You're going to be, your heart rate's going to be elevated. You're going to be sweating. And uh, again, you can get more juice out of that, out of that lemon, lime or orange, whatever fruit you want to use <laughs> during that 30 to 45 minutes than you would if you just did the same 30 minutes on the elliptical for the next, you know, seven weeks in a row. Yeah, for sure. I think, I think it just, again, it goes in it, uh, adheres in regards to, uh, just the concept of being able to provide enough intensity to cause an adaptation to yeah. yourself. You know what I'm saying? Um, especially with that client and what you were just referring to, like a hundred percent, like the, the cardio isn't going to do it for you. And so many people yeah. have, so many people have that ingrained in them as, uh, on the same concept or on the same note as, uh, like so many people are tied to the scale. I think it's, it's yeah. that same kind of notion that's like kind of been built in us, um, just from <laughs> poor misconceptions over time that have been ingrained in us as, as a society that like, this is what we have to do. It's like, same thing as like, you can't eat carbs. They'll make you fat. Like that same thing of like, all right, cardio is the only way that like I burn the most calorie. I think it's it almost it's almost like saddening to think because I think about the same concept when I was doing group training of how many people place so much importance on what like I think Fitbits and all that stuff are awesome. Yeah. But like how many people put so much importance on what like the calories showed like during the workout? Yeah, one hundred. And, and and then on the same note of like if if one day. Most likely it was more isometric movement, so they didn't burn as many calories. And then if the other day they were doing more compound movements, um, that day would obviously be a much higher calorie burn. Yeah. They would feel so empowered and so great the day when they had a higher calorie burn, but then the other day, like they felt like complete shit. And to me, so much of just training in general is psychological. And you yeah. gotta, if there's something that you find and you like it and it's, it's allowing you to be consistent, like you shouldn't, you shouldn't allow strictly what, uh, your calorie burn is from that workout to dictate how you feel that day. Like it should, like that should be the last thing on your mind when it comes. Well, yeah, to and a, if you, you want know? actual an actual reason why 
you should you should follow that advice it, again because why are you why are you working out mm-hmm. are you working out to get results or are you working out just to for the formality of working out if you're working out for the formality of working out let's say you're someone who's in the shape you want to be in i'm not going to say good shape because that's very subjective but let's say you're in the shape you want to be in you're happy with the way you look and you just enjoy the act of exercise and you don't really care if you get any more results than you currently have then by all means do whatever the fuck you want to do like if you want to do random workouts uh, every day and just try new stuff because you're happy with staying where you're at. That is totally fine, and you're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna be healthy and continue to be in good shape, you know, because of that. But you're not gonna progress more than where you're at. Mm-hmm. Maybe some slight you know progressions here and there just from the fact that you're moving more. But if you're someone who's actually trying to get results, meaning you want to lose a substantial amount of weight or you want to put on a substantial amount of lean muscle or you want to get substantially stronger or you want to actually see results from the effort you're putting into the gym, the reason why you can't just go by the calorie burn is because first of all, the calorie burn on Apple Watch is just based off heart rate, which means <laughs> if you <laughs> exactly, which means if I just stood in a, in the middle of Tyler's garage right now with an Apple Watch on <laughs> and I hit high intensity strength training or high intensity interval training on an Apple Watch and I just started screaming at the top of my lungs for 30 minutes, it's going to say I burned a lot of calories because so my heart rate is going to be elevated, but I didn't cause any <laughs> adaptation to my body. I'm not going to lose weight. I'm not going to lose body fat. I'm not going to gain muscle or get stronger from standing in a corner screaming. Um, he but may look- get arrested by the cops. That would be called when the neighbor's <laughs> called. But besides that, but besides that, no consequences <laughs> to my actions. I'll have a sore throat the next day. But yeah. other than that, uh, if I was to just go by the Apple Watch, though, I'd be like, well, I had a good workout because yeah. it says I burned 300 calories, right? Um, so when you go for a run, so that's one thing I see with people. They're like, well, when I run for 30 minutes, I burn more calories than when I strength train for 30 minutes, mm. according to Apple Watch, which, again, those person. calories are not accurate. But, again, if you go for a run for 30 minutes and you burn 400 calories – as soon as you eat 400 calories, you have now evened yourself out, yep. right? That's how it works because, again, you didn't really cause a ton of adaptation or muscle breakdown or reason for your body to, to burn calories or use calories in an efficient way. If you strength train for 30 minutes, even though on your Apple Watch, it will say you burn less calories because if you, if you actually strength train correctly and, and use good form and, and push yourself to fatigue – you may burn less calories on the Apple Watch, but mm-hmm. because of the muscle you broke down and the amount of calories it's going to take to recover, so you're then good. going to burn more calories throughout the rest of the day and going forward from building that new lean muscle. So it's a cumulative effect. So um, think about it like in terms of you know spending money. Once you spend money, it's gone. When you invest money, there's the potential to make more. Mm-hmm. So if I put if I spend a thousand dollars on sneakers. That $1,000 is gone and I have $1,000 worth of sneakers and I'm, it's evened out, right? Mm-hmm. If I take $1,000 and put it in the stock market, in three months, three years, that $1,000 could turn to $1,200 or $1,500, right? Because it's grown and I'm getting results from that investment. Mm-hmm. So that's what it's like with working out. When you're doing just cardio alone, you are basically just burning the amount of calories it says or the, the, the estimated amount of calories. And then once you eat back those calories, you are, you are evened out. With strength training, it's an investment. It's a cumulative effect. Over time, you will burn more and more calories throughout the day from putting on new lean muscle and stressing the muscle more and more week to week than you will with just cardio, which is why cardio is something that's good to throw in strictly for the benefits of 
like Ty was talking about, mental health, heart health, Mm -hmm. extra movement. It's only should be used really as extra movement. It shouldn't be your main source of calorie burning because again, every time you eat back those calories, you're just evening yourself out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I think the same thing that even uh, the same notion of like uh, comparing in a financial way is I think strength training is a greater investment for you for the long term. Um, Again, not solely just focusing on the calorie burn, but it's it's better for you for the long term because of all the benefits that it does provide you, you know, um, continue to. There's actually a, a study I was looking at that said that I think it's two thirds of the people and this scares the hell out of me because. I got a long way to go down to sit down, man. So um, it's like two thirds of the people that are in nursing homes yeah. um, can't do, I think it's like three fourths of a squat. So they can't do three fourths. They can't. Yeah, like yeah. they can't do three fourths of a squat. So the reason they're in a nursing home is because they need help to sit down on the toilet. Yeah. That's literally why. And like, I think about that just from a personal standpoint. Yeah. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> if a longevity rise, right? Like this is how I think about like my training, my nutrition, um, and things of that nature, it's more long term for me. I don't, you know, care how many calories I'm burning per se, like, even though strength training is the best, but I don't care about that. I'm not tracking with an Apple Watch or things like that. I think about my health in terms of, you know, longevity and over time. And it's like, if, what am I, what am I going to choose strictly just doing cardio because it's easier or do something that's, you know, tougher right now and on a day to day basis and, you know, being sore and all those things that come with it. Maybe tougher right now, but it's like, all right, am I willing to suffer in the long term when I may lose, you know, strength over my own body and control over things I can't do because I strictly chose to do cardio as my main basis of my workouts or stick more so to the resistance training, resistance training, make the longer term investment and, you know, be able to poop by myself, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It sounds funny, but it's real. Like, that's a real thing. Well, I mean, I I think about the amount of people that you've you've worked with who maybe are in their 20s, 30s, or 40s, and if you were to put a, like, a uh, med ball on the floor and ask them to do a goblet squat to the med ball, you can't get down that low, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's in 20s, 30s, and 40s. So if you're that tight at that young of an age, imagine where you're going to be when you're 70, 80, 90. So again, if you are, your goal is more than only looking better and losing weight and you're thinking about these long-term things, again, I'm not demonizing cardio. I'm not saying that I hate cardio. Oh, I'm just cool. saying that like, if you are going to choose to do cardio, you've got to do a ton of mobility to kind of counteract the damage you're doing to your joints. So let's, so I know for me, if I was to do uh, you know, a strength training workout, I know I'm going to do at least 15 minutes of warm up before I start. Yeah. So not only is that extra movement, but I'm priming my body for it. I, I would say, you know, if I'm going to pull a number, a random number out here, but I think it's pretty accurate. I would say of all the people I've trained in my life, or at least talked to about fitness, the amount of runners that I've, I've talked to and worked with who have told me that they do zero warm up before they run mm-hmm. is probably like 90 to 99% of them <laughs> do not do any mobility ever, yeah. let alone before a run. So these are people who are in, if you see them walking down the street, you're like, oh, that person's in great shape, but they can't squat down to a bench. They have back pain, they have hip pain, they mm-hmm. have you know plantar fasciitis, they have shin splints, they have rounded shoulders. They're, they have aches and pains all day. And again, because they know that it's gonna be so difficult to counteract all this, and they're so used to the, um, the quote unquote, like maybe like runner's high that they get from doing a run, they don't wanna slow things down to, they don't want to take one step back to go five steps forward. Mm-hmm. They just want to keep doing what they're doing. 
Um, which again, if that makes you happy, fine, but just don't complain when your back hurts all the time. <laughs> yeah. So like, I know for me, if I was to go run two miles right now, my knees, back, hips would be so sore tomorrow. And now what's going to happen from that is I'm probably not going to be able to train as well as I want to, or maybe not at all. So now I'm sacrificing another workout on the back end, you know, for, for doing that run. Yep. So it's like, if I'm, if I'm going to do cardio, if I want to do cardio, I'm always going to do something that's way more friendly on the joints because I don't want it to take away from my exercise or my, my fitness. I want it to add to it. So if I'm going to do cardio, it's going to be, like you said, echo bike, yeah. rower, things like that, that are hard, that I'm gonna get my heart rate up, that I'm gonna get a response to, that I only need to do for maybe what, like in total, including rest time, you know, three to 10 minutes in that range as like a finisher. And that's gonna be the majority of my cardio and then I'll throw in some walks, just like Ty, Ty was saying. But if all you're doing is elliptical and running and you're not getting the results you want, it's because you're basically just, uh, for lack of a better term, on like, on like a hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. And you're just running in place uh, metaphorically and figuratively, uh, we're just running a place and not moving forward from a result standpoint. Cause every time you get off that treadmill and go eat back those calories, you know, that you're just evening yourself out and that's why you're not seeing new results. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, um, also making note to notice the, I feel like when it comes to comparing two separate things, right? Like people always tend to go to the extreme. So yeah. <laughs> when I think about when somebody says uh, cardio versus strength training or resistance training, I think people think like um, the Ronnie Coleman videos of like squatting 800 pounds yeah, yeah. or deadlifting 800 pounds or the, some of the crazy stuff he used to do. Or uh, when they think of cardio, they think like, you know, um, like running a marathon or, you know, I think realizing like the differences of knowing too that like, um, in terms of cardio, again, like there's only so much variance you can really add to change it too much. Just know that with strength training, I feel like the, the learning curve and, and the, uh, the potential curve also as well. Like we're not talking about like strictly having to start out if you've never touched a weight before yeah. in your life and go directly to, you know, <laughs> doing split squats with 200 pounds on your back. Like you can start strictly just body weight or even just doing something with bands or super light weights, of course, but it, um, that's still considered resistance training. Like oh, your, yeah. your body is your form of resistance. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just, I wanted to make note of that. So if there's like anybody new, like really, really new and fresh and has never trained before to know that, like to not be scared to think that like, oh, or, like I can't touch those weights, like, or I'm going to have to like use some super heavy first time I start training and possibly hurt myself. Like, no, it's, it's the same it's a longer term learning curve because there's more things you can perform in order to benefit yourself over time, I believe, than cardio, but it's safe. If And I think, well, and then you can also argue this is where, you know, it comes in having a good trainer, having yeah. someone to coach you through it also as well. But I also believe, again, just doing things strictly, starting off body weight that most people... Um, if they don't have the ability to do that, to start doing that, right? Because that's increasing their strength through space, which is their mobility. And then, of course, adding progressive overload and things like that from there. But I just don't want people to be scared to think that, like, you you strictly, like, I feel like someone walks in the gym and they're so overwhelmed because they see so many people lifting heavy yeah. weights. And, like, it's like, no, everyone started off well, dude, somewhere. So that's, a good, that's a good point. And I think people do do it all the time. When you say strength yeah. training, they think... Uh, you know, trying to deadlift 600 pounds and getting bulky and stuff. They think like Arnold Schwarzenegger and all that stuff like that. (laughs) Um, But I would say if you are a beginner, whether you're 20 or 60, 
and you want to look better, feel better, you know, uh, you know, heal some aches and pains and lose some weight and you're a complete beginner. And let's say, let's even go a step further and say it's pro- maybe it's not financially viable for you to hire a trainer, you know, because it can, it can be expensive and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say you would benefit more from getting a $9.99 membership at Planet Fitness yes. and going there and literally doing machines – it, as a, instead of doing like just cardio. Mm-hmm. So for example, let's say you're, you're, you know, you're 47 years old, you want to lose 75 pounds, you have no experience working out, you're afraid to hurt yourself with lifting weights, but you also don't, you can't like afford to hire a personal trainer, yep. which is totally understandable and just and probably describes sure, a large difference. pool of people. Um, you can A, look up a ton of free information online, whether it's through YouTube, uh, Instagram, you can reach out to us if you want, if you're listening to this, you want sure to email can. us, we'll give us, give you, you know, free advice all the time. Um, but again, let's say you're not going to work with us in person and, and you're just starting off. If you get a nine ninety nine membership to Planet Fitness and you choose uh, three to four machines uh, that you're going to go in and, and use and every week you're just going to try and get a little bit stronger on the machines and a little bit better and more understanding of the form, you will see way better results than if you were to just go there and just use the elliptical alone. Uh, so I would say if you're a complete beginner, go to Planet Fitness, get a nine ninety nine membership, choose two upper body machines, two lower body machines, uh, you know, a, a different, you know, different ones each workout, uh, and then do the same, you know, so you do, let's say you go in uh, Monday, you do chest press, row, uh, leg press, and hamstring curl. Mm-hmm. That's your Monday workout. And then Wednesday you go, you're going to do shoulder press, you're going to do lat pull down, you're going to do maybe bicep a curls. lunge and a bicep curl. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's, that's your Wednesday workout. And then Friday workout, you're going to choose four new, four different ones. You would do those same three workouts for at least, you know, four to eight weeks, but every week you're gonna try and get better at the ranges of motion and you're gonna try and get a little stronger. And then you can combo that with maybe 10 to 15 minutes on a cardio machine just to you know warm up or get your heart rate going. That is the absolute most basic way I can describe a workout program to you. But the thing is that as you get stronger at those machines, you're also gonna get more and more confident going into the gym. You're gonna get more and more confident going out to the floor. And then maybe on week three or four, you go, ah, maybe I'll try the dumbbells. And you're more likely to make those steps. Whereas if you're in the corner on the elliptical, the chances of you crossing that threshold into the weight floor are is less of a chance of you doing it. Whereas if you're already on the floor using the machines, you may go use the dumbbells. Mm -hmm. The reason why I say that as opposed to saying body weight is because I think there are certain body weight exercises that everyone should be able to do. Meaning, like Tyler was saying, a squat, Squat. being able to squat to a chair and stand up. But a lot of people, I think you made a really good point when they say they're afraid to strength train, but so they they want to do body weight instead. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you or, you know, but in my experience training people, Body weight exercises are some of the hardest exercises for people to do. <laughs> like I, how many people do you work with on day one That's that can true. do? Yes. I mean, true. I can count. I honestly don't know if I can think of anyone off the top of my head right now mm-hmm. that when I first started doing it it's on our first session could do, you know, five body weight pull-ups. No, with no yeah. assistance. Hundred percent. No assistance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can think of even you know I can think of maybe None, one or two no. more people who could do five. Full range of motion, push-ups. quality push-ups, yep. right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So these are two basic, 
uh, body weight movements, but they're really difficult to do. Sure. So what happens is most people, they say, I'm just going to do body weight. And what they do is they do quarter range of motion lunges, yep. quarter range of motion squats, uh, half range of motion pushups with their hands on a couch or their feet or their knees on the ground. And again, they, they just work within those ranges of motion. They never get better. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with people who have been working out for five years and they still can't do one pushup. And it's not because they haven't been trying. It's just because they just do the same 10 half pushups from their knees every single week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the only reason why I shy away from body weight because with a machine, if you're doing uh, the range of motion of a pushup, which would be a chest press, you can go through that full range of motion mm-hmm. with light, lightweight, with no, you can, you, don't, you can be a complete newbie and get it right on the first time. Because mm-hmm. again, it's a machine. It's, it goes in one range of motion. There's no, there's no variables. Um, but yeah, I, I, that's just a point I want to bring up because I think a lot of people say, well, I just want to do body weight. Yeah. But then what happens is that they can't do any body weight exercise anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I think that was an amazing uh, point to touch on because that's that was something that wasn't even crossing my mind because I, I simply think of, again, like think of a super novice, like first time beginning client or on the other notion, it could be someone who's... Um, uh, severely like overweight. Yeah. Doing like say if they even just I've had I've had people though like uh you know say like hold on to my hands and they had to do like like half squats or like quarter squat like three fourths of a squat like down to a chair and then get up like so that's why I was like even thinking of like that type of um that type of body weight training just to like get them start moving rather than even just like going on a walk. Um, I think in that case both would work, but. Um, if again, you're, yeah, if you're, would still be better. If you're, if, if, if you are someone who wants to lose, let's say hundred pounds or yeah, 150 yeah, pounds, exactly. right? You still need to do strength training. 100%. One of the main reasons uh, why is because you want to hold on. So, uh, when you're, when you're, uh, let's say, uh, you know, high, you know, three hundreds or yep. 400 pounds, let's just say in, in that category. And maybe not even that extreme. Maybe you're someone who's just. But maybe you want to lose 75 or 100 pounds. If you're overweight where you want to lose that, that, that quantity of weight, uh, believe it or not, even though you may not believe you do or you don't see it, um, you have a lot of lean muscle mm-hmm. because you're carrying around a lot, a lot of, of extra weight. weight. Yeah. So your legs, your calves, your, your, your back, your, even your core actually has a lot of lean muscle. Mm-hmm. You just maybe can't see it or maybe you don't feel it, but, but it's there. Now, what happens with most people is what they do is they say, oh, I want to lose weight, but I'm afraid I want to lose hundred pounds, but I'm afraid to lift weights and I, you know, I'm going to go on this crash diet. So they start drastically reducing their calories and they start doing all this cardio mm-hmm. and now they lose weight and maybe they lose 25 pounds in a month. Mm-hmm. 50% of that weight approximately is lean muscle that you're losing. Yep. So then you're losing that lean muscle. And what's happening is your metabolism is slowing down because you're getting rid of lean muscle and lean muscle burns more calories at rest than, than body fat. So now you become a, a 25 pound smaller version of yourself, but you know, 12 and a half of those pounds was lean muscle. Mm-hmm. So now your metabolism, your metabolism has slowed down that amount. And now you go back to eating the way that you were before and you put on the weight even faster because now you're eating more calories and your metabolism is slower. So you're burning mm-hmm. the candle at both ends. Whereas if you actually commit to strength training and getting better and better at that each week, you're going to lose the weight. And I'm going to tell you this right off the bat, like you're going to lose weight slower. It's going to come off slower. Mm-hmm. But in a year or two years, if you stick with it, you're going to keep all that weight off and it's not going to come back on because your metabolism will have revved up over that amount of time. Keep in mind, this is all 
if it's in conjunction with consistent nutrition, like not to, I know that's my business name. I didn't mean to <laughs> if that's in conjunction, plug, if that's <laughs> in conjunction with a quality nutrition, uh, you know, quality nutrition behaviors, uh, not necessarily a, a quote unquote diet, but just yeah. you're eating enough protein to support that lean muscle and, and stuff like that. Whereas if you just cut carbs and start and start doing a ton of cardio, you're more likely to lose lean muscle, which is going to slow down your metabolism. And then again, we're just, on that yo-yo diet mindset where mm-hmm. we're losing and gaining, losing and gaining. So uh, that's yeah. another reason why strength training is, is more beneficial because it helps, helps you hold on to that lean muscle. Yeah, 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 no, for sure. 100%, I agree. Um, do we have some questions yeah, we want to yeah. get into? We, gotta, yeah. we do have a couple of questions for you guys, uh, from you guys, it's, actually. It's Friday afternoon. Tyler's trying to get me out of his garage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, yeah, so never, we did get a, we did post on uh, Instagram to ask us some questions. Uh, so I got a couple. Um, so the first one, uh, this kind of directly relates to what we're talking about is uh, the purpose of a deload week. Uh, so if you don't know what that is, uh, this is a deload week is just a week where you are pretty much doing less volume, or maybe even it, sometimes it involves taking a complete week off. Um, for but most of the time, it's going to involve a week of workouts where they are at a lower intensity. You're using light weight. Uh, you're not pushing yourself to fatigue. Uh, so again, if we just talked about all the benefits of strength training, why you need to push the muscles to fatigue? Uh, what is the purpose of a deload week uh, if the goal is to always push the muscle muscle to fatigue? Uh, so Ty, do you ever do you ever do deload weeks for yourself? Do you have like a- yeah, 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 for sure. So um, as far as uh, deload weeks go, I would. I don't normally suggest like completely taking the whole week off. Oh, yeah, agreed. Um, I think yeah, I, I think that's a that's a real slippery slope. Unless you're someone who is on one end of the spectrum, where like I have a client with with me who just started, and he was like doing jujitsu like two hours a day. Oh wow! And on top of that, working weight training like six days a week. Oh and, okay, and, yeah, okay. and I was yeah, just so. like, you need like one week off <laughs> yeah. like, to reset your body. So, but again, continue. Yeah, no, no, for sure, of course. And that's the thing I think with all of this, guys, is to realize, and we will always say this is always is situational, and with uh, it depends. Yeah, <laughs> with strength training, anything like any situation, like it can always depend because we're all individuals and we're all different, so each case is different. But um, yeah, definitely, I program uh, program in deload weeks uh, with my clients, with myself as well. Um, I think realistically, think, uh, looking from a more uh, conceptual standpoint, not focusing strictly on just like the physical, but uh, just allowing yourself to relax a bit more for the week, you know, not to um, increase your cortisol levels, allow stress to come down a bit more, um, but still stay active, still continuing to, you know, push yourself and still, um, I think maintain, not that you would lose your ranges of motion within a week, but um, just to maintain your ranges of motion, your mobility, and um, also to uh, keep your level of fitness up at for me personally, I, I, I literally feel like sometimes I could lose it in a week. Um, I know they say most of the time it takes out like at least two weeks to be fully like start to see a uh, deconditioning, but I don't know. I feel like I could lose it pretty quick. So I, I, I for me personally, my deload weeks still include like a great amount of mobility. Yeah. Um, still incorporating the uh, strength training, but just again at a lower rate. And again, depends on the person. Um, but if they're you know doing a three, do a three four or a four day program. Um, we'll still stick to the same number of days. Um, but I also find on those times too, people like to, uh, do just different things to, uh, kind of like throw in some different movements that we haven't been doing almost like a, 
um, like a wild card type of thing. You know yeah. what I mean? More like not so much strictly just like the uh, strength train resistance movements, but doing more uh, like animal ba- animal based movements, more mobility based stuff. Yeah. Just to get people moving in different planes of motion. Yeah. So well. overall, the reason why you would take a deload week is because generally speaking, if you're if you're training, you're usually training with a goal in mind, right? Uh, and you're training, you're trying to increase the like we talked about before. You're trying to increase. Uh, the weights or the intensity week to week to week. So realistically, if you're looking at a training program, uh, there should be a beginning and an end. Uh, so generally speaking, the deload would take place at the end of the training uh, cycle. So let's say you're on an eight week uh, cycle. The goal is to be way stronger on week eight than you were on week one. So week one, you would kind of assess the movements in the program, where you're at, where your strength is at. And then every week for eight weeks, you're going to be increasing the intensity, increasing the load, lifting more weight or doing more reps or beating uh, you know, records and stuff like that. So at the end of that, it, it, just by me describing that, I, I'm sure you can see that that is not like something that you can do year round. Mm-hmm. So one of the quotes I heard uh, recently uh, from, uh, I forget, I honestly forgot the source, but it's uh, the guy who owns uh, Renaissance Periodization, so RP Nutrition. Uh, but the quote was, if you don't take deload weeks, oh, your, your body will take them for you. Meaning, if you don't give your, ch- your body a chance to recover and decompress from hard training, you will eventually get injured and your body will just, have, you will have to take a deload week because you're gonna get hurt. Um, which will bring us to our next question. But the purpose of deload week is to kind of reset your body, kind of allow the adaptations to occur that happened over the, the last uh, eight to 12 weeks mm-hmm. uh, and give yourself a chance to recover. So realistically, what a deload week would normally look like is let's say you're doing four days a week. Uh, again, four quality hard strength training days mm-hmm. a week. At the end of eight weeks or, or 10 weeks, whatever it is, uh, you've now, uh, in theory, lifted more weight, done more reps, increased the intensity over the course of eight weeks. You should feel it a little bit. You should feel a little, in a good way, beat up, maybe a little mm-hmm. more sore than normal. Uh, you can tell you've been, you've been lifting hard. Now you take that one week where maybe you only go to the gym twice and you do walks on the, or mobility on the other days. And you're going to mm-hmm. do, for those two workouts, you're going to do just Basic stuff like Ty was talking about. Maybe you're just maybe you're used to squatting a hundred pounds. Now you're only gonna squat like maybe twenty pounds and it's only and it's gonna be a goblet squat. It's not gonna be on your back. And you're just gonna go through the range of motion, you're gonna do a ton of mobility. And the goal is at the end of the deal of the week, you should feel recovered, your joints should feel better, and you should be ready to start the next program or the next phase of, of a program. Uh, if you are someone who is just training round the year, high intensity, five, six days a week. What I'm gonna tell you is something you probably don't wanna hear, which is probably means you are either at the point where you're about to or you're currently in burnout where you are not seeing the results you wanna see from the workouts. You feel like you're just kinda of going through the motions. You're not looking forward to going to the gym. Mm-hmm. You're probably fatigued, probably don't have great appetite, probably you know have a shitty sleep. It's because you're overtraining your body, you haven't taken deload time during the year, and it's probably time that you do. Mm-hmm. On the on the counter end of that, if you're someone who works out twice a week, three days a week, you don't really push yourself to fatigue, you're kind of just going through the motions, maybe you're a beginner, you probably don't need deload weeks uh, at that point. This is something that I, even myself, I've been working out for like 17 years, and I've only recently started doing them in the last few years. So um, it's something that's, when you get to the point where you're in getting towards that advanced level and you're able to push yourself hard, 
you're gonna need them once in a while to, to basically just help your body recover. So short answer would be, give your body and mind a chance to reset for a week before you start the next program or the next phase of your program. Yeah, 100%. I think it's, it's smart to realize too, um, just a quick anecdote, just uh, the frequency. Frequency of your workouts plays a lot into it. Yeah. If you're, frequency and what type, because you could be doing resistance training, but you could do upper lower split. And if you were even doing that five days a week, yeah, you would still need it. I think, again, depending on your intensity. But like, I know people that do a full body training six days a week. Yeah. And it's like you you need – your body will force you to stop. Yeah, eventually, yeah. You're, <laughs> eventually, you're going you're gonna to need to take a week off. And you want to have the control of it. Because if you exactly. say to yourself in eight again, – again, talking behaviorally. If you say to yourself, okay, at the end of eight weeks, I'm taking a deload week. Mm-hmm. Um when you take that deal on week, it's you have control of it and it was planned. It's easier to deal with mentally. Yeah, and that's from experience too. Yep. If you tweak something and you take a week off, you're just going to be pissed off the whole week. <laughs> you're probably not going to do the rehab stuff that you should be doing to nope. heal the injury because you're just going to be annoyed that you, you, you can't work out. And then it wasn't by choice, so it's harder to deal with. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason why I think deal weeks are important because they're in your schedule. It's like planning a vacation. You know what I mean? Like if if you look at your year and you go, okay, I want to va- take these vacations this year. When they're coming up, you're not going to have as much like anxiety as if you had to unexpectedly take a week off of work. You know, you know, it's it's a little bit easier to deal with. Yeah. Um, but the next question, um, it ties right into that is uh, thoughts on training while sick or injured. Um, I think there's a huge difference between training around something versus training through something. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first part of that would be. Being able to differentiate between injured, hurt, or just kind of sore. Yeah. Um, so, for example, before we got on the podcast, like Ty was telling me he's got a really tight back. You know, he's been working a lot. So, he's uh, not only is he up and training people, but he's doing, he owns his own business now. So, he's doing a lot of like stuff on his laptop sitting down. Yep. So, he's got tight hips, tight back. For some people, that's enough to just go, oh, I guess I should take a week off. <laughs> uh, but again, he knows from just because he's a trainer and he has the knowledge, he knows that that's the last thing that he should be doing because it's just going to make him tighter. So that's an idea, example of just being sore or tight. Uh, being hurt is like, you know, you get you tweak your shoulder blade, you have a knot, or maybe you, uh, you twist your ankle, uh, you know, getting out of your car, something like that. In those situations, I would recommend... Still working out, but working around the tweak. So yeah. let's say you kind of tweak your shoulder blade or you tweak your tweak your back. Maybe you just avoid movements that stress, stress it yeah. and do some mobility to work on it. Dig into it with a foam roller. If it's your lower back, stretch out your hips. But again, not just inactivity is like the enemy. That's your last resort. Uh, most doctors, you go to them, they're gonna say, "Oh, well, just don't, you know, just just rest for you know for for a week and, and it'll feel better." It's usually the last thing you want to do. So. Uh, my 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 advice is to always f- figure out what you can do and do that without pain and just work around it. Um, again, not fighting through it. What that means, the difference being, if I tweak my back during a heavy deadlift, don't rally up and just go to the next set <laughs> because you're supposed to do three sets of deadlifts that day. Just you know, work around it. Maybe go you know do seated rows. Maybe go do some mobility, but still move around. Injury is like. I tore my ACL, I, I need surgery on my shoulder, whatever it is. And even then, still, still you, you need to move around. So like I've had shoulder surgery, I've separated my AC joint, and one of the biggest mistakes I made when I was younger was, uh, when I had my labrum surgery on my left shoulder, was I let it sit in a sling for like eight weeks mm-hmm. on the surgeon's advice. And I was so young, I didn't know what I was doing, so I just followed their advice. 
And it took me exponentially longer to get my range of motion back because I just let it sit in a sling for eight weeks. It was so, so tight. Yeah. And I thought that tightness was from the injury, but it was from the, the no movement for that long. Yep. Whereas now, with the knowledge I have now, I would have gone right to a good physical therapist like immediately and then started moving it around. Like even if I can only do you know one eighth of the range of motion that I used to, Start at one eighth and then get to two eighths and get to three eighths and get to four eighths mm-hmm. and then before you know it you're you're a full range of motion. Um, so I would say my thoughts on you know injury versus uh, being hurt is work around it, figure out the things you can do. Unless you get into a, a like a car accident, God forbid, and you're, in, and you're laid up in the hospital, always find something that you can do and do that. Yep. And as far as being sick goes, sickness is a little bit more temporary. If you have a cold and you feel like shit. Maybe just, you know, you can take the day off and, and the next day just go for a walk and ease yourself back into it. Yeah. And again, I know I talked a lot, but Ty, what do you feel about that stuff? I love when Adam talks because I just sit in here and just just admire him for what he does. He's a beautiful man. So, uh, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but yeah, no, I, same way, man. I, I feel like in terms of uh, sickness, it's very relative like to how sick you actually are. Um, you can gauge more, better than anyone else normally. Um, someone can gauge better than... Uh, anyone else, how they feel. I think it's just being smart, um, not realizing that when you are resistant training, you're putting further stress on your body. Yeah. So um, if I'm sick, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do anything. It just means I may not go, you know, heavy metal balls to the wall and try to kill myself. That yeah, day. yeah. I'm still going to go through the range of motion. I'm still going to try to get my movement in, get my exercise in, and uh, get my resistance training in and just see how I feel that day, you know? Um, I think in terms of, uh, <laughs> in terms of um, training injured, I could talk about this for an hour. I feel like I've been injured most of my life. So uh, that being said, I think it's just um, not to delve too much into it. Just realize that like the human body is meant to be in motion. Yeah. I do not understand why doctors tell you to not move when something hurts. If anything, that just causes uh, problems in other parts of the body. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and, I, and on the same notion, it's the same thing of like you said, like with your um, with your arm, like if you don't use it, you lose it and you'll tighten up. You lose the range of motion. You'll lose the strength in that joint, control those muscles, like everything. So I think on that being said, um, training through injury, just again, yeah, like you said, like training around it, finding out what works, what doesn't. What doesn't. If you had surgery, I had foot surgery last June. I still trained uh, with my 10 foot crutches hopping around <laughs> and just going and doing what you can do. Yeah. What I found is that I felt better too. Oh, yeah. Because you get heart rate up, the blood pumping is moving, you feel better as well. And it actually can help with the healing process. So I'm on the same uh, same wavelength with you there for sure. And, and there are people who are way smarter, way more qualified than us that will reiterate uh, <laughs> this stuff to you. Like uh, people like uh, that I've listened to in the past, like uh, uh, Joe DeFranco, Kelly mm-hmm. Starrett, like people who are very qualified in the field. Um, Trevor Bachmeyer's Smashworks on Instagram. Like, if you go look at these people, they will all constantly reiterate this stuff. It's just not moving is the enemy. Like, that's the cause of most <laughs> issues. So, inactivity should never be the answer. Uh, find a way to work around it, not through it. So, again, if your knee hurts and you can't do a lunge, don't do lunges, but figure out why your knee is hurting and mm-hmm. fix the issue as opposed to just avoiding activity for you know a week or two which again because then when you get back your knee's probably still gonna hurt and you're gonna have to yep. then find how to work around it at that point but uh we are coming up on an hour uh so last quick one uh we won't go on a tangent but it's just like a 
summertime guilty pleasure that we still keep in our nutrition uh, that we don't want to take out. Uh, I guess for me, if I had to just quick, would be uh, like a margarita. Like I like uh, I like okay. a cold uh, Thai. I made margaritas with Thai and his girlfriend Man, a couple weeks ago, and there I got very good feedback on that. So I like I make a good margarita. I like to have a margarita once in a while. So that's something that I'm not going to completely eliminate from my diet. I just moderate it. All right, all right. Um, summertime. I would say, so this has been a trade-off for me, but just summertime is a um, huge fan of ice cream. Uh, oh, but, that's a good one, yeah. But but I uh, don't eat dairy really anymore because of what it does to my uh, my GI tract and how it makes me feel. So um, ice cream, but I have, a, you know, like, I will, I'll just say ice cream in general. I will have regular ice cream once in a while. But I like now just have like almond based uh, ice cream. Okay, you know, the dairy free not, dairy the dairy free. not that bad. No, it's actually pretty good. So, but I'll say, yeah, ice cream would have to be it. And this is like maybe twice a summer I'll have a real ice cream, maybe because I know what it does. Dairy but, free ben, ben and Jerry's is really good, though. It's actually good. That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. But uh, guys, we're coming up on the end. We just want to say thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please give it a share, give us five stars, let everybody know how amazing it was. And we appreciate you guys being here. We thank you and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, guys.